Hello everyone, and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle, and with me as always is my lovely wife and co-host, Jessica Carter Ogle. Hello everybody, <laughs> Stephen says. Hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to the podcast, y'all. Welcome to the podcast. We are recording day before 4th of July. 4th yes. of July is on a Tuesday this year, so happy 4th of July, everybody. Yes, we are lucky enough to have been off today and tomorrow. Woohoo! So, grateful for that. So, yeah. we want to wish everyone a happy 4th of July. Yep. Uh, I feel like it's a tough one this year. It was a tough one for me last year, too. So, I think I'm going to try to compartmentalize my take on the holiday and be grateful for my country and a happy 4th of July, even though I am not happy with anything happening in our country. I mean, it's safe. It it is totally, totally okay to be happy and prideful about being from the United States of America and at the same same time, hate everyone that's in charge. Yeah. And I use the word hate because I'll use that word for myself, not for anybody else. But for me, I absolutely despise our Congress. They are the absolute dumpster fire garbage worst congress we've had in the history of this country but i'm still happy to be from the united states of america yeah and we've talked about that before um but it is hard it's hard to you know land of the free like only if you meet certain criteria designated by certain parties and judges yes if you're not which you know if you're not white uh male straight straight then you know you're the scum of the earth, apparently. Right. So, yeah. which is so. completely, you know, asinine and deplorable, in my opinion. Yes. But you know what? It, you know, that's neither here nor there. But I, all that to say, Happy Fourth <laughs> of July to those of you who are celebrating, who get the day off, who get to spend time with friends and family. Yeah. Um, have a few sparklers. Maybe M80s aren't necessary anymore. Things like uh, that. Oh, there's. I mean, there's. But uh, you there's know. mortars now. They do a lot more than M80s. <laughs> I'm so grateful that um, Sophia is not super reactive to fireworks and noises like that. Like she. Not inside. No. Anyways. Like there were fireworks going off last night. Her ears perked up a little bit, but not much. Now, if she's sleeping and she hears like a big thunder cra- clap, she like jumps up and like barks because she's startled. But yeah. she's usually okay. She's a tough broad, man. She's she's nuts. Like she yeah. is completely fearless. And I don't know. We talked about the mole versus groundhog thing before, I think, and how she went after the groundhog. This uh, other weekend, something was in our yard. And she darted out after it. I know it went into the bush. I heard it cry out and then scurry away. And I was like, oh, my God, don't kill it. Don't kill it. I don't want to like. So she's tough. I don't worry about her. The thing is, is that when she scares stuff into Nanook's yard. Yeah. I I fear even worse for them because they won't hear Nanook coming. He's a husky man. Oh, my you gosh. Can't I feel like he all. would come up and be like. Hello, I'm Nanook. What's your name? Nope. I've watched him chase a rabbit for really? for a half hour around his house that kept hiding in different places. It was a small rabbit. That's surprising. Oh, man. And, and like other animals aren't going to be able to hear him. He's quiet. He's got that he's got those husky paws that are just soft. So like he doesn't sound like a Clydesdale like she does when she's running through the yard. You can't hear him run through the yard. You don't even know he's there unless he makes a noise at her. Well, that's true. So Well anyway, happy fourth of July yep. and I want to wish a happy birthday to our uh friends Jules and Lawrence's son Coy. His birthday is on the fifth. So yep. his birthday is July fifth. So happy birthday to him. Yep. Um and, and hello to them. Um but yeah, 
Happy Fourth of July, everybody. I loved the Fourth of July weekend as a kid. Yeah. It, w- it was fun. We had we always had like a barbecue. We always did something. My dad always had fireworks. We lived across the street from a school. So in the summer, you know, no one was there. And he'd be over there shooting bottle rockets out of his hand. <laughs> uh, frowned upon. Don't do it, people. He has yeah. all of his fingers, thankfully. But nonetheless, we'd have wow. sparklers and morning glories. If you guys remember morning glories and like writing your name in the morning glory as it faded out. Like yeah. writing your name in the air. My dad would keep a propane porch lit, a propane torch lit on the porch so we could go up and light our sparklers and our morning glories. <laughs> Y'all, the 80s and 90s were a different time. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no way that, there's no, that would be very much frowned upon. Yeah, now. it was great. It was so fun. We just ran around all night and fireworks would go off in the neighborhood and it was great. My dad's birthday uh, was on July 5th. He would have been 69 this year. So my dad's birthday was always celebrated around the 4th. Like it just never, we didn't split those things up. You know, we always had a birthday cake or something around then. Um, But in 1998, you guys, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me mention that uh, as a graduation gift, I got taken by my parents to the Cornerstone Festival in uh, Illinois, uh, Bushnell, Illinois, on a basically a music festival on a 600 acre farm was that near your aunt melanie where they it were was. did you like see them too while you were there or no? um there was a couple of years where my mom and i went up and stayed with melanie for a night and then just went to and them. then and then my mom started doing that on the regular um after i moved to michigan my dad was going up a week early to help them set up tents because they set up like 15 tents for stages and then they had tents for merchandise and food and all that kind of stuff so my dad was up there helping him run electricity he was a carpenter so he's helping him do all that kind of stuff and my mom would come up you know she couldn't take that extra week off my dad being a carpenter he could take the week off um and so he would uh he'd go up a week before and then she would show up a couple of days before the festival but she would go to my aunt melanie's before that and stay with her for like a night or two um, cause it was only like two hours from just where the curious. Was. I like just realized you said Illinois. So I was curious. Yeah. So, uh, so for between 1998 and 2012, uh, that's 14 years. I went 12 out of those 14 years. My parents went 14 out of those 14 years. So yeah. for 14 years, we celebrated my dad's birthday at Cornerstone. So um, it was 4th of July every year? Every year, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was, it, it, it turned into like being my New Year's. 4th of July for a very long time was my New Year's because I looked forward to Cornerstone every year. And I was like, that's the event. That's the mm. that's the be at event for music, to see my parents, to, to be with them for a week and not have to worry about work or yeah. any sort of, any sort of distraction. It's just we're camping um you know we're listening to music we're hanging out my dad's gonna deep fry some turkeys like we're we're just we're gonna have a good time as a family and and have a great time and then cool. and celebrate my dad's birthday in there as well so so fourth of july for a very long time for me was a new year's type of thing it was like oh yeah cool now i got a i, I got a year to get back mm-hmm. here so that's how i treated it like new new year's regular new year's was nothing for me i was like oh whatever this is like half halfway to cornerstone so that's the way I looked at Fourth of July for twelve out of fourteen years of my life, um, and it's still kind of strange. Even like the festival ended eleven years ago, it's still strange that I that I'm not at Cornerstone right now because I went for so long. I get um, that. You know, they had fireworks over the pond. Um, it it was just cool. It was a melting pot of people 
that um, just uh, complete strangers, but just cared about each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a Christian music festival, but I met plenty of people that weren't Christians that were still just nice, good people. Just, oh, funny how that can be. Yeah. Weird. Like, what a weird time. Weird. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, uh, just, for, I don't know, 4th of July for me, I always think of Cornerstone and the memories that I've had and the nice. birthdays that I had with my dad even before then. Um, that's... That's what Fourth of July is to me. It always wraps into my dad's birthday. So for me, Fourth of cool. July is kind of bitter and sweet at the same time. But my dad would have been sixty nine this year. Yeah. Um So uh, yeah, July fifth. Okay. So, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I loved it. We all and like um, I'm, I know I've talked about before. We always had a pool growing up. My parents still have a pool. Steve and I are going to try to get over there. Um, we didn't get in the pool at all last summer. He never wants to get in the pool. Like, why do you have to marry somebody that just doesn't do everything you want to do? Is like weird to me. Like, I just want you to do what I want to do. So <laughs> we went camping <laughs> on our last podcast. We talked about going camping at Mill Creek up in Mackinac City. My kneecaps. I put on tons of sunblock. Oh, geez, I mean, I caked go. my legs. I'm gonna in buy sunblock. a new one. Maybe it's expired. I caked my legs in soap block or sunblock. Salt block. Yeah, so, snow. <laughs> <laughs> sunblock. And my kneecaps got burnt. It was gone in like two days. Exactly. Because I get, I have my, my skin has two types I have red like, like a lobster and pasty white. I've told you, I so, got you the stick, the SPF stick for your ears and your neck and your nose and whatnots. And I'm going to get you a long sleeve swim shirt SPF for yourself. And that way you can acclimate to my life a little bit more. And I will just continue to acclimate to yours as I always do. Wow, man. You know, uh, hey, for those of you out there that are in a relationship, do you ever hear your spouse and just they just sound dumb? Like they Yes, just, they, I can answer that question. They, yes, they just sound I do. dumb to you? Yes. You just hear them, and you're just like, man, I've never heard anything more dumb in my life. You hit the nail on the head. <laughs> but yes, anyway, back to the 4th of July. Yeah. I'm. It's those um, memories. Like, I think I've talked about, like, my most favorite, like, memory. Like, the moment in time to capture is, like, being a little kid and being, like, so exhausted from the day. Yeah. And, like, playing outside and just being that exhausted, fresh air, tired, falling asleep, thinking about how awesome that day was, that feeling that you can never get back. I usually associate it to like the fall with getting like that crisp weather, but stands the reason for 4th of July too. Like we're in the pool all day. My parents have barbecued sparklers all night and then we get into bed and it's that moment of like, just like pure childhood bliss. Yeah. And like, I think of that for like the 4th of July too. Yeah, before we went to Cornerstone, um, I can remember like quite a few years before that, we went over to uh, the Mooney's house and celebrated with them. They they were in the city, um, but their property was up against an open field where power lines went over. Like, and it was a pretty wide field, um, and so we could shoot off fireworks from Into there. the power lines no the power lines were far enough away oh, like okay. it was a, i was like, like where is this going like the width of of the field uh was you know two football field size mm-hmm. like it was a huge section because it was kind of swampy and stuff gotcha. too so like you, you couldn't build there and stuff like that uh, but yeah we could shoot off you know fireworks and stuff yeah. right there not big ones like what they you know not the mortar not mortar the shots. my dad would do no not the time my dad would drive to what is it illinois or indiana what state was it that was next to us that you could buy fireworks from? Ohio. 
I, I don't think it was Ohio. I don't know, but he would cross state lines to get fireworks. Yeah, in Tennessee, I'm pretty sure everything's been legal for forever. So yeah. it's not a, like it wasn't here. They're on the corner of every. It is now. Right now. Now you know. Yeah. Let's just deregulate everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned your dad. Uh, my buddy Ricky's the same way. Like he'll buy he'll yeah. buy three hundred dollars worth of worth of fireworks. Uh, my buddy Jared, his uh, his girlfriend. Her her brother will buy, you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of fireworks because they all get together. Like I know some people that'll spend some money. Me personally, and I that, a couple hundred dollars is pretty tame for fireworks. Actually, I don't think I've ever bought a single firework because to me it it it's not worth the money it is for it to go. Like it's a bottle rocket, boom, it's gone. Well, we also don't have kids. We would buy them little things if we did. Yeah, um, I love those poppers that you would throw to the ground and they'd pop. Spark, yeah. What were those called? And yeah. then it would be like the next day, July 5th, we'd wake up and my mom would be making breakfast and we'd have to go outside and help clean up all of the debris, all of the cardboard pieces and all of the little stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. fun time. Those are good memories. Thanks, parents. Yeah. As a, as a kid, it was fun. Yeah. For sure. Yep. And then yesterday also had a sort of like a surreal childlike moment. It was a rainy day yesterday. We needed it, but it was totally rainy. Yep. We did a couple of errands in the morning. We took our girl to the DQ. We like to get her a pup cup. Yeah. So we did that. And then I had to get a few succulents and replant some stuff in the house. And then I had bought Steven the um, Infinity Gauntlet Lego yep. thing. And he like pulled his Legos out yesterday and was building his Lego and I finished doing some stuff I was doing and I grabbed like a coloring book and crayons and we're sitting at the table and I'm coloring and he's building his Lego and I was like wow this is like rainy day as a kid like our generation played outside we still played outside all the time yeah so on those rainy days it was like what did you do you came inside and I did a lot of coloring he's playing with his Legos I'm like this is funny I feel like we're two little kids sitting at the table right now yeah yeah it was cool we were listening to uh uh, we didn't even put on we didn't put on vinyl because some of the stuff we don't have on vinyl. But we was listening to uh, Brothers Osborne and Dirk Bentley yesterday. Yeah. I'm so cool. happy I got him into my country. When we first started dating, and I would listen to country music, it would be like, "Oh, Stephen's home. Let me shut some of this off. I don't want to hear about it." And now I hear like the bobbers in the pond going up, down, going <laughs> up through my house, and I'm like, "Oh my god, you can't get more country like." hit yeah. song than that yeah yeah uh, little little morgan Wallen yes. with, with uh florida georgia line yes up it's down. hilarious but yeah. yeah it was fun it just made me what's, think of what what's the song that you said when you when you want to listen to country music you want to hear it's a morgan Wallen song was it the whiskey glasses no up down is it up up down is whiskey glasses i like but like up down when i when i'm in the mood for like country like stereotypical like stupid <laughs> like just euphemism country like that kind of stuff morgan wallen really his first album is that's all it is <laughs> yeah the yeah, writing isn't like stellar it's more just like a bunch of like you know double entendres with words and stuff like that yeah but but yeah this just made me think of like what else did you do when you were a kid when you had to like be inside were you like an outdoor kid a lot too like i don't like where you lived like you you're an only child you didn't have like friends right there like we did we played outside all the time so like we would 
have to like keep ourselves busy. It's the opposite of kids today. Kids don't know what to do outside now, whereas we didn't know what to do inside. I did a ton of stuff outside. Like I said, we went to the Moonies a lot. Chris and I would ride our bikes around the neighborhood. Yeah. Matt, you know, the three of us would be around the neighborhood riding our bikes, you know, four streets yeah. over. Like we, we rode our bikes through that whole neighborhood a lot. Um, if I was at home, and and this is this is no joke. I was probably shooting my bow if the sun was shining. Okay. I was competitive. Like I get I get uber competitive when I get into any sort of sport or any sort of game or, or anything. Or any sort of anything. I think that's yeah. really where your stubborn streak comes in. Like I get competitive. So I was shooting my bow cuz I wanted to be better. Like I was always trying to be better. Like my my parents weren't pushing me. Like, they didn't have to. You were self-motivated. Yeah, because I was like, I didn't like the fact I came in second place. I'm not having it. Next yeah. time I'm coming in first. You know, and I had that kind of motivation. So I could be married to an archery prodigy right now. I mean, at the time I, I could was. could be living large on bows and other bow-related type things. It'd be a different, it would be like an alternate universe. Like, you would be living in Tennessee because I would have never made it here. You would have met me in Tennessee. Like it would be that alternate universe where you moved. You would have had to me. hit up Nashville one Labor Day weekend, maybe. Uh, yeah, and our paths crossed I'd have at been the stage. I'd have been doing a tournament. We'd have passed it like a bar or something where I was like went to a bar after Stephen's, a match. Stephen's a um, sci-fi romantic because he believes in multiverses and all this random stuff. But he does believe that in any of the multiverses, we are together. Yeah, no, different versions of us are always together. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, that's just that is the way it is. Like uh, that's. That's what I believe in, for sure. Nice, nice. I'm pulling an audible. We've seen the Flash. We're we're here at this multiverse oh, man, topic. I was going to reference it later. Okay. I feel like this is the best. So, 38 years ago yeah, today, yeah, Back to the Future came out. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Yep. So, it's still Stevens line. One of uh one of the greatest movie of our time. Yes. Hands down. I feel like we're going to watch it later. Yeah, pro- absolutely. There, there Premiered is, in 1985 on July 3rd. Oh, there, my gosh. There is not... They do not make movies like this anymore. No, they cannot sad. make movies like this anymore. Sad. The, the, the type of cameras they had in 1985 are obsolete in terms of filming. Even when they try to make it like this, they can't. The set pieces were all legit. Like, there's no CGI. Practical effects. All practical effects. And it looks Everything. so good. Even, like, um, in the Back to the Future 2, when the um, shark yeah. hologram comes down to, like, bite him. Up. Like, that looks legit. It's like how we've talked about Ghostbusters. Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Statue of Liberty Walking. That stuff looks legit, and that's all practical effects. Nowadays, I'm like, green screen. Like, I don't care how cool it looks. It's a green screen. Do that. Show me some cool stuff without a green screen, and I'll be impressed. Yeah, I I, I go back for uh, modern movies. I go back to Mad Max Fury Road. 97% of that movie was done with practical effects, and it's a car chase movie the yeah. entire movie, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, but back to the future. Yeah. So um, I pass to you. So my favorite part in the Flash and we're see, go- spoiler alert. We yeah, are going see, to. This sp- is why we're going to do it at the end. We're going to spoil the Flash, everyone. Because we're going to let people. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, so we're spoiling the Flash. Yes. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, it's been out for like a month, I think. Yes. So. And this isn't even like that big of a spoiler, but one of the best things in it. So he's going to like multiverses and he ends up in this other universe to try to save his mom's life. And he's talking to the version of himself that's there and they're having a conversation with some other people and stuff. And 
they're talking about time travel and time travel and this and that and then he's like he's like uh yeah like in back to the future the the barry in that universe says and the barry that went back in time is like yes exactly back to the future and then the other guy goes man eric stoltz was so great in that and barry's like what who and he's like eric stoltz and he's like eric stoltz wasn't in back to the future and he's like yeah eric stoltz was so great in it and i thought that was the most hilarious thing in the world (laughs) because we had watched um how movies are made on Netflix and Eric Stoltz was originally cast as Marty McFly, but he had a lot of conflict on the story and with other actors and producers. Like he was kind of, he was trying to rewrite things. Yeah. It was a bit of a ruckus bringer on the set and they had to let him go. They wanted Michael J. Fox, but he was on family ties so they couldn't make it work. But they were like, we'll do anything we can with family ties to get Michael J. Fox. And they fired Eric Stoltz. But in this alternate universe that Barry (laughs) goes back to, Eric Stoltz is um, in the movie. Eric Stoltz is Marty McFly. And it's hilarious because they have this whole conversation about all these 80s movies when they're like, oh, this person. And they're like, oh, that was in Footloose. And he's like, no, it was Kevin Bacon. And they were like, no, it was this person. It's this little like back and forth of about five different 80s movies where they name off actors that aren't in those movies but are in that universe. And it just it was hilarious. I thought it was just so clever. Yeah, and and looking at the Eric Stoltz thing, I feel like the references they made were for castings that almost happened. I feel like that's what I, that's they what did. I wonder. I wanted to look that up. Yes, because, I can't remember any of the other ones. Well, so there's another one that's big as far as um, the multiverse goes. Uh, towards the, <clears throat> this is a huge spoiler. Towards the end of the film, uh, Barry gets to see these other universes start to collide together. And as he starts to see them collide together, he starts to see heroes on those universes watching as these other universes come into view. And he gets to see Christopher Reeve. Very cool. As Superman. And Helen Slater as Supergirl. And Helen Slater as Supergirl. Now, granted, they were totally CGI, but they looked awesome. Oh, yeah, it did. Um, Michael Keaton is already in the film as Batman. Um, OG. OG Batman. So you get that. You hear um, the uh, uh, Joker laughter from Batman 66, and you see Adam West, yeah. Batman. I don't know if you see Burt Ward, but I know you see uh, Adam West. No, just Adam West. But you hear, um, why am I not thinking Cesar of Romero. Cesar, Cesar Romero's laugh which is cool. Um, Then they go to something and it's, you can tell it's like this machine. If you read Superman comics, it's Brainiac. You can tell it's Brainiac because he's like this machine-like alien thing trying to attack someone in in a red cape. And when that red cape turns around, it's Nicolas Cage. Because Nicolas Cage was originally cast to be in a Superman movie when they were going to revive it with Tim Burton being the director. Let me tell you, no. Absolutely mind-blowing. He does not pull off Superman. He looks like a D-bag in the <laughs> Superman outfit. <laughs> That's coming from somebody who hates Nicolas Cage. Um, but At least it would have given his resume some variety because he plays the same role in every single movie. It was awesome. It was so cool. They that was a very cool scene with all and all the worlds you could see them as a whole and yeah. they were like kind of knocking together like billiard balls on a table. Yeah. Yeah, almost yeah, like a little bit of pool going on. Mm-hmm. Um but man, very very cool. Um uh, I I just like that they did the multiverse. It was funny. 
uh, but they paid it off. They, they made it worth it. Michael Keaton's in the movie, but he's not just a cameo. He's not just there because, oh, it's Michael Keaton. He's there in a serious, prominent role. And let me tell you, when he busts on the scene, when you see him for the first time, he busts on the scene like the Nick Nolte that you see in mugshots. That's what he looked like to me. And I didn't even know if it was him. I was like, what is this? Who is this? Is this who I think it is? And he just looks like a rabid Nick Nolte. Yeah, long hair. He's got a long beard. Like, he's all grayed out. Ladies, though, I'm going to tell you. It was still working. Yeah. I love me some Michael Keaton as Batman. It was very cool. Um, Michael Shannon returns as Zod. um, And he was in the Batman v Superman movie. Or sorry, I take that back. He was in Man of Steel uh, with the first Henry Cavill film. He played General Zod um, in which he tried to convert Earth into being the new Krypton. And and so what I liked about this movie is that they brought together the fact that Flash was there during Man of Steel, but he had just gotten his powers and didn't know how to fully use them, and all he could do was save one kid. I thought that was cool. Like, they made reference to the fact that, yeah, he had his powers during this time, but he's not a superhero. He had no idea what to do. Yeah. And his powers kept shorting out on him. He didn't know how to, like, do his speed properly, and he saves, like, a six-year-old kid. I think- But he couldn't save the kid's dad. I think for me, like, they paid an incredible amount to detail in this yeah. movie. Yes. Whereas I feel like a lot of the other DC movies have been kind of sloppy and, like, what the heck's going on? Um, I I feel like this one could signify a new start to DC. I'm still skeptical because this was not James Gunn who's doing all of the other stuff and this movie should have came out in what 2019 or 20 uh, i believe 2020 was his yeah, original the pandemic release. yeah per- yeah so it's three years old so i wonder what would have become of dc if this movie had been able to come out when it was supposed to and where they would be if they were actually utilizing all of this so i wonder what james gunn is going to do so we'll see but i think this is the first movie in the dc world that's making me like interested in what they do next and i do compare it to dr strange because i think dr strange the multiverse of madness i didn't love it i didn't think they did i think they banked all their money on multiverse you can't see my air quote but you saw the multiverse for like a split second you tumbled through so many you couldn't even process it yeah and then they made one of my favorite characters a huge villain and i don't understand how they bring her back from that So I didn't like that at all. But I feel like in The Flash, they did everything right. Like, they did everything right. I don't have one complaint. I'm not like, this was stupid or they tried to do too much or you can't put Michael Keaton in this and have Ben Affleck be in it. Like, you can't. But they pulled it off. Yeah. And I stand to reason, like, if this was done by the old DC people, what the heck happened with everything before it? The thing is, is this movie was supposed to come out in 2020. They did reshoots before this movie came out. They did a bunch of reshoots. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to see what the movie was in 2020 yeah. that was going to come out. Because I don't feel like it was the same thing. Could I feel be. like they went back and did some changes. Because uh, especially when James Gunn and Peter Saffron took over, there were more reshoots on The Flash because they yeah. delayed it again. They delayed That's it like right. another they year. They did do stuff. Or, well, not, I think not it was a year, worth, but they delayed it like eight months. I think it was worth it because I think it was... I don't like a lot in DC. I like... Batman and I like Doom Patrol. 
and and Doom Patrol's ending. Yeah. But it's been hiatus for like seven months. It's been hiatus for a while. So yeah. I don't really know how that's going to turn out, but. The thing, the thing about Flash is, is uh, to explain Flash is that he runs really fast to save the world. Yeah, and it's really hard to put that into a movie because he just runs really fast. And what I liked about this film is that he, they spent time in what would be called because of the Matrix bullet time, where they slow down speed. Yeah, but it wasn't done like uh, Zack Snyder does. Zach, Thank God. When Zack Snyder does bullet time, it's completely different from everybody else. He's got his own way of doing it. But with this, they made it fun. With Zack Snyder, I feel like everything's just slow motion. Yeah. And, and you with can call him, it bullet time if you want, but it's straight up slow motion. Everything is slow motion. Whereas with this, Barry was slowed down, but everything around him that he was seeing, you could see plain as day yeah like whereas everything would have been slowed down with Zack Snyder yeah and with a lot of times with Flash like everything was at a complete standstill and he was the only one moving yeah which is how Marvel did it when they did their X-Men films with Quicksilver which I know you have not seen um but they had some Quicksilver scenes where literally time completely stopped because he moved so fast yeah see I like and that's how they treated Flash the juxtaposition of what that main character is doing versus what's happening. So one has to be still and other things moving or vice versa. When you just completely slow-mo everything, oh my God. Yeah, but they had some very Zach cool slow-mo scenes. slow-mo Snyder. Uh, they had some cool scenes. They had uh, Jeremy Irons being Alfred again, which was very cool. I liked the, his, his, his communication with Barry when Barry's trying to save the hospital in the beginning yeah. of the movie was very funny. I will say the opening scene gave me pause because I'm like, what in the world is happening right now? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. But... but after that, after the opening scene, I really liked it. Ron Livingston did a great job. Uh, yeah, Maribel, I can't say her last name. Verdu, she his played. Mom. He played his mom. Like she they were both, good. they were both great in their roles as as uh, Henry and Nora Allen. Um, the girl who's playing Iris West, uh, Kersey Clemens, um, she did okay. I I I have a problem with the Irish. Iris West character because of the Flash TV series, I started to absolutely loathe her and wish they had killed her off in like season three because she just became nagging and annoying. So in the beginning of the movie when she showed up, I was like, oh, great. So I was kind of had kind of had like reaction from the TV show, but she wasn't bad. She didn't, um, she didn't have that prominent of a role though either. No, I, I she could have been removed from the film. It wouldn't have mattered yeah. in my opinion. Um, The girl who played Kara... Supergirl. Oh, yeah. Sasha Cali. She was great. Fantastic. And I think that was like her first movie role. Yeah, first big movie role yeah, for so sure. she was really good. I hope they put her in the Supergirl movie that they have announced, yeah. which is rumored that she's going to be in it. I don't know why you wouldn't. This girl looked, looked like her she could IMDb, play a tortured character. My movie Bible. She is going to be in it. And and her her Supergirl character was very tortured in this film. And I feel yeah. like with the story they're going to do for the Supergirl movie is based on a section of comics that have come out in the last few years of which Supergirl is a very tortured individual. I was like, this girl puts it on her face, man. Like she, she embodies that character pretty yeah, well. I hope, I hope they let her do it. 
Um, I like the fact that Michael Keaton got a good good return to oh, the role as Batman. It. He was in the movie. Legit. It wasn't campy. It wasn't like just for like shock value or to reinvigorate the franchise. Like yep. he was legitimately in it and there was a reason and it worked. Yeah. And yeah. he was he was Michael Keaton's Batman. He was quirky and kind of weird. He's always his Batman always was like a little eccentric in like a kind of like a weirdo way. Yeah, but like in a you want to get nuts? Yeah, let's, let's get, get nuts. nuts. Like I love uh, it. Yeah, it was good. It was very good. Um, but like yeah. he is he is I think the one Batman that sort of played like eccentric billionaire. Yeah, like he had that kind of ness to him. But yeah, well, we still recommend it. Absolutely, yeah. This movie was fantastic. Yeah, I, so. I very much enjoyed it. But I felt yeah. I felt like uh, flipping the script a little bit because you a mentioned multiple segue all planned. Yep. So shot myself in the foot on that one, folks. Yeah. So uh, yesterday we went to the Dairy Queen. Oh yeah. So this is something I want to gauge with everyone. Have you all experienced this so-called ice cream brain freeze? Yep. I have not. I could eat, enter an ice cream eating contest at the drop of a hat, win, <laughs> and not have a brain freeze. And we went to Dairy Queen yesterday. Soph had her little pop cup, gone in five seconds flat. Steven had a mini blizzard, and I had a mini blizzard. And I'm like eating my blizzard, cake batter, y'all, I recommend it. Sprinkles, all this jazz. And Steven had like two bites of his, and he's like, oh, ah. It wasn't oh, two got, bites. I'm getting a brain freeze. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was not two bites. It was about 12 bites. And then I started to feel it. And she's like, well, maybe slow down. I'm like, I'm eating this thing slow. I don't eat ice cream fast. My mom affectionately calls him 85. Oh, gosh. Meaning he's an 85-year-old man. And that's what I feel like in these moments. Like, he's had two bites of ice cream. And he's got a, he's got a brain freeze. Um, but I got the Oreo. It usually happens when you suck it down. I got the Oreo Brookio, um, and uh, that was that was really good. I very much enjoyed it. It felt like they broke up actual Oreo Brookio cookies and shoved them in there, which is pretty cool. I also just want to say um, Dairy Queen is removing or has removed the cherry dip for their soft serve, and I want to say that's a bunch of horse crap, if I can say. Yeah. I don't care for that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, the thing is, is uh, Soph got her pup cup and went through it so fast. Um, my my problem was, is that they only gave her two, two uh, milk bones this time. The last time we went, the girl gave me like five milk bones in it there. It depends on who's working there. The first time I felt like this is too many milk bones. Um, if we were at home, I would have taken a couple of these out. Yeah. But, you know, nonetheless. Yeah. The pup cup at Dairy Queen is great. Yeah. But I, I want to know, do you guys get a brain freeze? I mean, I, I could... Get... I question if Stephen can, if he even has the required equipment. Wow. I know. I did have to say that yesterday. Yeah, you did have to say that. I had to. Yeah. When am I going to not say it? When am I some kind of psychopath? Oh, boy. Yeah. Good times. Anyway, what else What else do we have going on in our lives um, on this four-day weekend of ours? We had uh, WWE's Money in the Bank on oh, yeah. Saturday. I'm trying to think of my days because um, we've had so many days off yes, now. Yes, we hosted um, that pay-per-view party. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, your parents and brother came over. Tony came over. 
Joe. Um, Joe came over. And we had uh, we were gonna, originally going to grill out, but that didn't happen because of the rain and and the air quality alert. Yeah, all that stuff. Which so we, we finally we've had a lot of weather issues and air quality alerts from that we've talked about before from the Canadian fires. And yesterday was the first day that we didn't have an air quality alert, but it did rain all day. So I think yeah. today's like that first day, like people can cut their jungle lawns and like yeah. actually be outside, although it's steamy. Yeah, and I haven't cut the lawn since, I don't know, a week before we went to camping. You haven't cut the lawn since right before Father. No, we didn't even cut it. Uh, the week before Father's Day was the last time you cut it because we didn't cut it before Father's Day. Yeah, so it's been a month. Which, yeah. which granted, it was all dead for a couple yep. of weeks. All of our grass was brown and dead. So, um, but yeah, so we, we hosted uh, Money in the Bank. Uh, this, man, WWE just puts on something... When they put on a uh, pay-per-view, which they call them premium live events now, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. But anyways, it's a pay-per-view. Um, when they put on an event, it is, I mean, it is absolutely top of the line. There's uh, it, it, The presentation is just astounding. Like I think that's similar to the type of event I put on for the people that were in our home. I got <laughs> rave reviews. Rave reviews. Um, they were in London. Uh, for Money in the Bank. Uh, the name of the pay-per-view uh, has uh, two matches by that name, Money in the Bank, uh, which have uh, seven women in one, seven guys in another. Um, and uh, basically it's a ladder match. You climb the ladder to grab the briefcase that is hanging from uh, the rafters uh, at the center of the ring. And inside the briefcase is a contract for a championship match for up to one year, anytime, anywhere. You can cash it in uh, for a championship match against somebody who has a title. Um, and, man, I mean, the first match out the gate was the men's money in the bank. And these guys, I, 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 literally, I looked at your dad. I was like, if I was any of those guys, when I went through the curtain, I'd, I'd be looking at everybody going, follow that, have fun, good luck. Because they blew the roof off. Yeah. Damian Priest, L.A. Knight, Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, who else was in that match? Um, I'm drawing a blank now on who was in the match for Carnell Out. Yikes. Um, I mean, Damian Priest is the one who won the match. Um, Logan Paul was in the match, yeah. uh, which him and L.A. Knight have started to have a feud over the last couple of weeks. And I'm, I'm somebody who... Uh, doesn't like Logan Paul as a as an individual. I think he's a horrible, disgusting human being. But as an athlete, he is talented as hell. He yeah. makes everything look great that he does in the ring. Like he wants to be a wrestler. He wants to make it good. He wants to make his opponents look great in the ring. Yeah, he wants not, to look great. He's like, taking it seriously. Yeah, which is which is very cool. Um but uh man, just that match that match had a lot going on in it. Ricochet, Ricochet, and Logan Paul had a had a spot in the match that looked gnarly as hell. Looked like both of them might have gotten injured. I don't think either one of them did, but boy, it looked bad, yeah. real, real bad spot. Um, but yeah, it was it was a fantastic match. Um, but Damian Priest is the guy that they've been doing a slow build for the last like two years with him slowly building him up to be a main event player. Um, and I, I, I liked the choice. Um, I know there's a lot of people online that were mad that L.A. Knight didn't win because also L.A. Knight is getting a slow burn. 
but his slow burn started two months ago. I wanted him to win too, but I knew he wouldn't. Yeah, uh, it, it's it, it's. And I'm fine with that. They're they're gonna they're gonna He's put not a, going anywhere. No, they're gonna put a rocket on his back here pretty soon. But the thing is, with Damian Priest, they've been building him into being a main event star, um, and he is almost there. Like it is close. When he cashes in, it, it that belt's gonna look good around his waist. Like yeah. it's gonna be fantastic when he cashes in. Um, and uh, I, I I think it's interesting because the next match after that was Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest are kind of uh, in a group in a tag team. And uh, Damian Priest came out there and inadvertently distracted Finn Balor and cost him the match. Inadvertently. And then that, inadvertently, quote, uh, quote unquote. Um, and then the two of them kind of started jawjacking at each other because they've been kind of doing that over the last couple of weeks of them two not really agreeing on things, which I find interesting. So that feud is going to be something. But once again, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins is a megastar. The dude is absolutely yeah. insane. Like it is. Yeah, he's good. He's good to watch too. He's He's really good in the ring. He's so entertaining, man. Like he just he got up there, he got to the ring, and he stood there on the ring apron while what his music was off, and everybody sang his music, and I bet he stood there for thirty seconds, just soaking it in, nice. just taking a second to let it breathe. No commentators saying anything, just hearing eighteen thousand fans sing his song, which is no lyrics, just singing the music of his song after they turned it off. Like that is an accomplishment that not a lot of people have. Like Chris Jericho over in AEW, they'll sing his song when he's done because it's a Fozzie song that has lyrics. When they turn the music off, they'll keep singing the song. That's one thing. But Seth Rollins' music has no lyrics, and the fans are singing it 30 seconds after it's been turned off. That's a, <laughs> that's a serious accomplishment as a wrestler. Yeah. That's over, man. You can't get any more over oh, yeah, than that. yeah, he's over, all right. Um, let's see. Uh... The women's Money in the Bank match was won by EO Sky. Yeah, um, they did a fantastic spot where she ended up handcuffing uh, Becky Lynch and Bailey, handcuffing them together inside the ladder to where they couldn't get away from the ladder, so they couldn't climb it. And yeah. then she climbed over the top of Bailey, who's her tag team partner, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, man, she did a spot where she did a moonsault off the ladder, and I was like, man, this girl. They call her the genius of the sky for a reason. She, yeah, she's good. She is so pinpoint accurate when I'm she glad does that she stuff. Won. Yeah, they gave her a push. Yeah, and the crowd was chanting her name. That's another thing. They're over in Europe. So Bailey was in NXT for a while, and she was a babyface. That's where she started, like you know, uh, six or seven years ago. And um, when they would go to Europe for NXT, they would sing. To Bailey, mm -hmm. the crowd would sing, "I wanna know." So she's they're in London. Are just, you gonna be my girl? And then they would start the beginning of the line again. Yeah. They did that through the women's Money in the Bank match, almost the whole match. She had a, a match on SmackDown the night before, and they did the same thing through her entire match. They sang that song to Bailey, and she's a heel now. They're not supposed to like her, <laughs> but yeah, well. They sing to Bailey. That's just what the European crowd does. And you could see her on SmackDown. She cracked. You know, she started laughing at one point. Yeah. And then uh, 
you know, during the Money in the Bank match, she like yelled at him and told him to shut up or whatever, which was funny. She's she is she's a great heel. Yeah, she's very underrated, I think, in my opinion. We were talking about that with your brother. Like, as far as the crop of women that have come out of NXT, like she is very underrated and yeah. probably the best that's ever come out of there. Like, yeah, she's so talented. Agreed. If they t- your brother was like, if they told her tomorrow they wanted her to be a babyface, she'd be like, okay, give give me an hour to sit down with the writers. We'll come up with something and then yeah. walk through the curtain and boom, just just like turning on a light she could yeah. do it like she's that good um so that match was good um uh, the the big main event match of the evening the storyline that we talk about most on this podcast is the bloodline mm-hmm. roman reigns and solo sokoa versus the uso brothers jay and jimmy in the bloodline civil war tag team match no titles on the line just a tag team bragging rights uh family Family Civil War. Yeah. Who's winning? Who's coming out on top? The Usos have, you know, told Roman, when you lose, you're going to get kicked out of the family because the, the uh, you know, Afa and Sika, are our, our uncles, are not going to want you to be the tribal chief anymore when you lose because you're not going to have anything. Your your bragging time is over. Um, You know, and Romans told the Usos, when you lose – you're not going to be welcome in the family anymore. Mm-hmm. You're out. No more. And who lost? Roman Reigns. Yep. Roman Reigns hasn't been pinned in over three years. The last time he took a pinfall uh, was to Baron Corbin back like three years ago. Wow. Um, They're not even in the same circle right now. No, not at all. Um, when Roman Reigns came up to the main roster with the Shield, with uh, Dean Ambrose and uh, Seth Rollins, his first pinfall that he took was by Jay Uso. Wow. And now that it's been three years since he got a pinfall, Jay Uso, main event Jay Uso, pinned him at Money in the Bank. Um, fan- More drama than a soap opera on Man, WWE. Fantastic match. Um, the the crowd at one point, because they're in Europe, they do weird things over in, well, they're in London, but they do weird, the, the crowd chants weird things. And they started chanting, if you hate Roman, stand up. If you hate Roman, stand up. And everybody's on their feet. Roman sat down. Oh, yeah, on, on he sat down apron. on the ring apron. And he's like, they should be happy that I'm here. Like, they are better because I'm here. Doing them a favor. I'm doing them a favor. Like, so funny. And he's talking to Paul Heyman the whole time. Um, And it was so funny because they've done this thing now in Roman matches where at some point he'll go over to talk to Paul Heyman, his wise man, for special counsel during the match. And the camera will come over, no microphones, but the microphone on the camera will pick up their conversation. And Paul Heyman's like, here's my problem, Roman. Jimmy wants you to sit, wants your kids to have to sit at his table. Are you okay with that? And Roman just, Roman was like not looking at him. And then as soon as he said that, Roman like snapped up like, no, not happening. And then he like stomped up the ring stairs, got back in the ring and got into it. But, you know, Paul Heyman selling it great. At one point, Paul Heyman is crying. Paul Heyman deserves an Oscar. If they had a category for best WWE performance at the Oscars... (laughs) Paul Heyman would win that. Maybe an Emmy because it's a TV. Yeah, Paul Heyman's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so big deal, uh, very big deal that Roman Reigns got pinned. Also, there was a big surprise appearance in London. Yeah. By one Mr. John Cena. John Cena showing up. I mean, 
in the middle of the show, just his music hit. Yeah. And at first I was like, what? I don't what? know anyone's music. So everyone in the house like perked up and got excited. And I was like, I don't know who this is. I'm not sure. And then he came out and I was like, oh, Mr. Sino. Like it, it, like I heard the music start and I was like, wait, huh? That he about blew the lid off that place though. They oh. went absolutely nuts. I will say the London crowd was one hell of a crowd. Yes. They were loud. They were engaged the whole time. They were loud. Yes. Yeah. That the, when they go anywhere in Europe, the crowd is way louder than they are in the States. Yeah. They are way more vocal. They have way more chants. And when they chant, it's in unison, man. Those people are all all together uh, as one. Um, but John Cena was there to promote the fact that uh, uh, that there should be a WrestleMania in London. And I think that's cool. I think that'd be great if I did so WrestleMania. It'll probably be in WrestleMania 25. Yeah, because the next year's WrestleMania in April is going to be in Philadelphia, which would be pretty cool because they kind of do the thing. They follow the Super Bowl. They kind of oh, okay. go. Well, I don't they, think the Super Bowl is going to be in London. No, but it's like the the. Like the year that the Super Bowl was in New York, the next year WrestleMania was in New York. They kind of do that. Um, so I don't watch <laughs> that. I pay attention to the show, but I'm, you know, I'm hosting, so I've got to be on it for oh when my, my dad asks me for multiple things in succession. Oh my gosh, so weird. But um, yeah. And I, uh, I, I just like having people, I like hosting and having people over. I like getting my house set up and like my parents always text us after and say, you know, they had a good time and, you know, we're always good like hosts and stuff. And I just love doing that. Like, and I liked that it was during the day yesterday. So it was like the show was at three. So we had everyone over, we got pizza, we had snacks and drinks and we were all hanging out and I had made a cake and cookies and just like all that kind of stuff that I love doing and don't just want a whole cake in our house. So I utilize being able to do stuff like that when yeah. people are coming over. So it was nice have a couple of drinks with my mom, hang out and still have our evening. Like we were still able to do stuff last night. We came downstairs, we arranged some of your man cave stuff and, yeah. um, you know, hung out and yeah we put up a couple of new uh comic books uh we'll throw up a photo of that this week in one of our posts yeah uh, we can do that yeah very cool i had a, I, I don't know i just visually could see it in my head and uh jess was able to make it work um and yeah. it's it's pretty cool uh, somehow it's always me somehow he always wants to hang something and i end up doing it where he stands behind me going Ooh, that's not um, it might be a little high on the right by about a millimeter that's not entirely correct that is Liar. not entirely all the stuff behind me i've hung up everything that's behind me at my desk which i could take a photo of that i'm gonna pull up my phone I helped right you now do part of that and then you took all the measurements from that and kept replicating it on your own no <gasps> i i've done i've done everything that's behind Lebowski me I on did. my those own those i did those i helped you with i did your whole mural wall i'm gonna give you guys i'm pulling up my camera phone right now so you guys can get a screenshot of the stuff that's behind me I we'll don't... post it Oh gosh! Everything that's Cheesin. behind me, cheesing. Everything that's behind me, I put up myself, all on my own. Yeah, after we got it set up already. No, 
I did this. I did, did you the... ever call me down here to ask me how it looked or what I thought or if maybe I might have be... asked you how it looked, but like I put the comic book right. wall up. I put the Star Don't Wars yell up. Don't me. I have a headache today. I put the Star Trek up. I did all that. Like that was all this guy, which granted in my photo. So I guess that corner is yours and I did the other wall. You did the other walls. You did yeah. the music wall, which is going to be redone because we yeah. got some new stuff. Um but uh, but yeah, so we got some Fantastic Four. We got the uh, blend of the Infinity War and Endgame posters, uh, the Avengers posters. That's uh, one poster all together. Um, and I then, just then I got some She Hulk, Avengers, Infinity War, Secret Wars, Blade, Spider Man, all framed separately. I'm just so grateful for man caves. <laughs> and that's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, and she hated the idea before we got before I started. I was silly. I didn't know. I wasn't married. I didn't know what it was like. Yeah. I didn't know the kind of things that your kind brought into the house. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, it could be different. I could, you know, like need a second garage and be a gearhead and have all kinds of that kind of stuff. It just doesn't, you know, I could, I, I do have a lot of musician stuff, so, but I could be even further where I turned this entire thing into a studio and sunk a bunch of money into that. But like I just yeah you, you had me at you can do whatever you want until the sunk a bunch of money then that's a conversation yeah I mean it would have been way more expensive to turn this basement into a studio uh, it was just not gonna work for me It'd be tricky for me to get to the laundry room yeah I mean like I, it would have to be from like this half over yeah and anyway. I just I just didn't want to do that to our basement I didn't want to make it look like our basement was now incredibly small and all that yeah. kind of stuff so I I like I like what we've done I like all the color yeah. I have down here I um, like it I think it's good it was nice it was nice being down here like we don't ever hang out down here we sat down here and like you know so it was nice yeah and I found a good spot for the infinity gauntlet to go show you guys uh, a picture of that yeah so it's pretty cool but yeah I I, uh, I, I very much I very much like what I got going on down here nice. um well, but, it looks uh, like we're kind of coming to the end of things here. We are. So if you want to, if you think you can handle a quick album anniversary, <laughs> I'll trust you. Oh, boy. But I'm skeptical. What's not to trust? You. Oh, boy. All right. <clears throat> all these dates take place from the 4th of July all the way to the 10th of July. Are we ready, folks? Oh, we've never been more ready. <laughs> Um, this one, uh, is from 1995, the very first Foo Fighters album. Oh, does this have the Futos? I believe so. I believe that is the, uh, album in which had the video for Futos. That was the bet. One of the best music videos that Billy Joel's, we didn't start the fire. Those are like up there for me. (laughs) Wow. That's uh, that is too interesting choices yeah um i i do find it funny but yeah this is uh big me was the foo foo futos fresh maker okay was uh big me that song um uh, but yeah man uh good al- good album great band like i i love the foo fighters um yeah. can't go wrong with foo fighters um also on the fourth of july come on fill the illinois by sufjan stevens oh god <laughs> <laughs> oh god more so, Sufjan Stevens I hope one of you listen to him so last week was Good the night, was nerds. the Michigan album uh greetings from Michigan uh and this week is the come on bring in the Illinois the thing is is that he was his original plan was to do one album for every state it didn't make it past come on bring the Illinois oh there's a real surprise he just it, this it, yahoo's just gonna do 50 albums the thing is is that it, it's not like he wrote 
you know, like four songs or like eight songs or 10 songs for an album. He put almost 20 songs on these albums. So like that was, that was his downfall was that he was writing too many songs for each state. If he had, you know, narrowed it down to being like four or five songs for each state, he probably could have done this, you know, each album for each state, but didn't work out. But yeah, come on, Phil, the Illinois is a fantastic. album. Don't worry. I'm rolling my eyes for you guys too. And for those of you that might be from Illinois, I am saying Illinois because he puts an E on the end of it. So it is Illinois. It's not like I'm saying Illinois. Yeah, come on, feel the Illinois. Yeah, it goes along. Yeah. Come on, feel the noise. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But there's some, my aunt would be mad that I said Illinois and my, because her being from Illinois, she would be upset that I said Illinois, but that's part of the title. So, <clears throat> next up, uh, from 2013, Magna Carta Holy Grail by Jay-Z, mm. which uh, this album starts off with Justin Timberlake on the very first song. And My cousin Jay-Z. Man, it is fantastic. Like, uh, it's, it's great. And also, he's got a song on there called Somewhere in America, uh, which is another good song. Uh, Tom Ford, Picasso Baby. So it's a great album. I like I liked it a lot, but it starts off with Justin Timberlake, and it's almost like it's not a hip hop album. It's almost like it's going to be a Justin Timberlake album instead, and it's really cool. Mm, nice. Um, <clears throat> next up from 1994 um, on July 5th, uh, Cracked Rear View. Okay, all right. Hootie all right. and the Blowfish. Finally, something good. Finally, <laughs> something good. Tell me about who. How you feel about this album? Oh, I love it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see him again. Yeah. What what can you tell people about this album? What sh- what should they be listening to first on this album? What's the song you want to pick? Well, um, they're all good. Let her cry. I only want to be with you. Time. Hold my hand. Like yep. it's just. And those are four number one hits. It is. Yeah. Hootie knows what's up. Whether he's Hootie or Darius, yep. he's bringing it. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the R and B, and I don't think I'm going to go down that road. But country or like alt. Is yeah. good for me. That that R and B was only one album. He said he wanted to do it just to try it. Correct review is a great album. Yes, the is. sound is great of Hootie and the Blowfish. Like, and and it takes you back. Yeah, and like I'm instantly transported. And we talk about Back to the Future and how they can't make movies like that anymore. They don't make albums oh, like Cracked Review don't anymore. Even, I can't even. No, they don't. That '90s alternative is '90s is gone. alternative is gone, and it's a damn shame. Yep. And I won't apologize for that language. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, next up, uh, a, a buddy of mine that I was in one of my bands when I was a uh, younger kid in my high school years, he was a drummer for me. He went on to be in a metal band called A Plea for Purging. Um, they released an album called The Marriage of Heaven and Hell. Mm. Um, and it's the anniversary of that from 2010. Shout out to my buddy, Andy. Um, I got a couple of their t-shirts, one of which is just his big bald head with a big beard face across on the whole front of the shirt. Um, love that kid to death, man. Good kid. Um, and he's got like a, a burger truck now in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Like he's selling burgers now, like, and like legit, like very good, excited about it. Been on the Nashville news and stuff. Um, good but if you like some heavy metal music with some awesome, awesome lyrics and screaming, uh, a plea for purging, man, they're, they're a good band. Were a good band, which they're reuniting for uh furnace fest this year. Um, <clears throat> Next up is a band that uh, uh, Jess is a little bit familiar with. Oh, gosh. Um, this could mean anything. That I uh, very much like and I have a tattoo of is oh. uh, 68, In Humor and Sadness. 
I think to say I'm familiar with is like a stretch. What do you mean a stretch? I mean, I know they exist. Yeah, they're but... they're on my husband's person. <laughs> um, yeah, so this band um, is... Uh, it's just guitar and drums, no bass. Um, but it's not like the White Stripes. I mean, their music's a little bit heavier. Um, they kind of lean towards being influenced by early Nirvana. So their stuff sounds really raw. They tend to record on analog instead of digital, which is, uh, you know, a lost art these days, I feel like. Um, but yeah, man, fantastic band. I've seen them once, twice. Once Three times th- a lady. I think I've seen them once or twice. Uh, but they're fantastic. Like uh, just guitar and drums, and boy, those guys pull it off great. They're very good. Um, <clears throat> what do we got left? Uh, from 2000, we have Parachutes by Coldplay. Mm. It's a good album. Another another type of music that I feel like is just completely gone. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that sucks. Like the Coldplay now is so far removed um, from the first three albums of Coldplay, but Parachutes is just it's just an album that's you put it on, man, and then when it's over, I want it to start all over again. Like that first song, "Don't Panic," is from the Garden State soundtrack. Um, I love that soundtrack. Yeah, which is a great soundtrack. Uh, obviously, there's Yellow that's on there. Um, but man, just a f- fantastic band from front to back on that album. Like very, very creative, very good songwriting. Um, started a movement, which unfortunately is now gone. Yeah, you know. Um, and last up is a band uh, from 2002, um, a band with an album called Parade of Chaos. Zayo. Mm, my gosh, we just can't get away from them. But we'll, we will always talk about Zayo on this podcast because I don't, I, I feel like that not enough people understand Zayo or even have been familiar with Zayo or even understand them at all. Well, I saw um, them in concert and I don't understand them. <laughs> um, not sure if that's what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're heavy metal, but like they're, they're not heavy metal in the fact of like dueling guitars and all that kind of stuff. They're heavy in the fact of like their vocals are heavy. Their music is not, their music as far as like, you know, drums, bass, guitar is not always heavy. Sometimes it's melodic and, and actually mellow, but it's Dan with his vocals that makes Zayo heavy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, man, they're just, they're just a fun band. I've, I've liked them for a long time, but, uh, when Parade of Chaos came out in 2002, I had just heard of them and that was their fifth album. (laughs) You had some catching up to do. Yeah. Uh, so I went back and started, uh, trying to find all the stuff of theirs that I could find, but, um, I, I will always like Zayo. They are, they are something that's just, there's nobody like them. Nobody sounds like them. Nobody ever will like, and, uh, and those, you know, those guys, they're good guys too. They've been around for a long time. All right, well, I think that's all we have for y'all. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, WordPress, our website, all that jazz. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. Tell your friends, like, listen, subscribe, all that stuff. Comment on our social media. Leave us a message. Let us know if you get brain freezes. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you guys have a great 4th of July. Uh, Happy 4th of July, everyone. I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. I'm your host, Stephen Ogle. With me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Jessica Garogo. You're lovely. What? Hi, y'all. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, you know, we're testing some things out here. Oh, apparently. Yeah, raise your voice up high. Hi. 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 Hello.
Wow. Yeah, let's get some sounds in there so we can get a good vibration, feeling of grooves, you know? Feeling of Sorry, grooves. you have to listen to this, self. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> 